Welcome to the new episode of Quarter Quest, Comics on the Cheap. Can I ask you a question before we begin? Have you ever wanted to have your own podcast? If so, we'd like to recommend Podbean. We've been using it for the last three years, and we love it. It's easy to use, and the customer support is amazing. Just go to podbean.com and enter the code HAUNTEDLOG at checkout and get your first month of podcasting for free. That's podbean.com, Haunted Log. Now, on to the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Hunting Timothy, the comic book uh, podcast about the books of magic, volume two, where we go into each issue uh, each week and cover the details of the book. I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. And this week we're doing number two of Books of Magic, volume two. Yep. And with a little bit of fallout from issue one, where he Tim finds out that his dad might not really be his dad. Like, his dad might actually be Tamlin from the world of fairy. And we see him walking alone in the winter downtown, probably in London, thinking about how, you know, I I don't look like him. You know, he doesn't look like me. I don't look like him. We don't have any of the same traits. Am I really his kid? Like, yeah, I mean, I I don't have the same body as as my dad. We, We have looked nothing alike. And he goes home and he's searching through his dad's stuff looking for stuff for when he was younger. And the one thing you realize that you might have not seen in the previous issues is that Tim's dad has one arm. Mm-hmm. And because you don't see him moving around in any of the other issues. He's sitting in front of the TV the whole time. Right. Um, in issue one, you do see it. Like he doesn't have an arm when he's sitting there watching TV and he's not paying attention to him, but it's, it's not something that you really look for. So, so there was something that happened in his life that caused him to be emotionally withdrawn, I would say. Mm-hmm. So he's looking through his dad's stuff, trying to find stuff that, you know, maybe he looked young. When he was younger, he looked like me. Maybe, um, there, maybe you know, some kind of resemblance back in the time. And he comes across his birth certificate. And he finds out he's been lied to his entire life. He's not 12. He's 13. He's a year older than he's been told his entire life. And he flips out. Just don't talk to me. Get the hell away from me. I'm out of here. And his dad is talking about how luckily, lucky he was to marry his mom, like Tim's mom, that she was so much out of his league that he was lucky that that one time they got pregnant with him and he, she probably wouldn't have married him if it wasn't for having Tim and Tim is like, I don't look like you. Why don't I look like you? His dad's like, well, it never mattered to me what you looked like you were, you know, and he cuts him off and he goes upstairs and is, pissy little 13 year old self like i you're idiot Ah, you know and there's there's got to be a way that i can find out who who my real dad is and he sees a key 
most likely something that Tamlin gave him, right? Mm-hmm. That key. And he remembers that magic is made, like works through need. Like you need it, you can access it. And he's like, I need to know. And he's gone. I think this was the key that um, it wasn't Tamlin. The, the queen gives him where she tried to trap him by throwing it at him. Right. And he visited those other worlds. That's what the, this key is. Yeah. Yep. Do you want to take over from here or do you want to meet? I can. Okay. Right. So he determines that, you know, again, uh, magic answers the need. So he grabs uh, this stone, squeezes it, and poof, something happens. We don't find out yet because we hop over to Fairy where the queen is walking around and realizing her kingdom is turning into a wasteland. And it's just everything's shriveling up and dying and sandstormish. Um, and Tamlin arrives with the, what did we determine last time? The pixie? Uh, yeah. I'm actually thinking more of a brownie. Brownie, yeah. yeah. More of a brownie. Yeah, because they are honorary. Um, <laughs> the brownies, like, my lady, we two fools attend your pleasure. And thank you, Amanda, or Amanda, but do not speak to me about pleasure, not here, not now. So she's really irritated with how her kingdom has turned into this desolate place. And she starts yelling at Tamlin about it because she's like, I know this is your handiwork. And he made the comment, and I really thought this was a good point with him, was, and the sight gives you satisfaction. I've been satisfied once or twice in my life, but that was well long ago. This place was a paradise then, and you, and the queen responded, I am what? I have always been, but you. And boils down to Tamlin's basically saying, you never looked past your walls to realize this wasn't going on in the rest of your kingdom at any point. Um, but because you just stay inside your walls, you didn't see that this was actually happening. And so I brought it to you for you to realize you, you were allowing this to happen. Right. Because you shut off the world or the world of fairy from the world of man. Right. Yeah. And it's slowly withering and she just doesn't pay attention to it. No, she thinks she's still doing right by the kingdom or by herself. And, uh, because, and she is causing this problem. And then and you find out that somebody won't let her heal the breach between the worlds. Right. So she says something like, uh, I cannot heal the breach I've made between man's world or ours. Somebody will not let you do it. So there's something more powerful than her. That's right. Yeah. There. And then comes the creepy part. Like this is when <laughs> this book starts to go into its own. Yeah, because the world of fairy is a creepy, creepy place, and yeah, Tim's, about to, Tim's about to learn that, right? Well, with all our experience with fairy up to this point, it's been seeing the more beautiful side of it. Yeah, there was the one point where in the miniseries Tim met the witch, um, and that was an ugly part of it. But for the most part, that was in a beautiful forest. You know, he's just seen all this beautiful stuff. Well, he want to find the answer to who his dad is. And so he goes to fairy and he ends up in what he calls bone city. It jumps inside the house and there is this 
how would you describe this creature? He's got like an overly large mouth full of teeth, like from jaw to jaw, completely open. Right. I'm not sure if they, if he even has a name in this. Does he? Because there's they a bell that says Manticore on it. So I'm wondering if that's kind of what he is. Some kind of weird. Now that you say that, yeah, I think that's you're thing? right on that. It, it, Manticore. Uh, but he won't. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. But his proper name is not given. Right. And so this creature is sitting in what appears to be kind of like a family room of some sort in this house. Uh, He's got a fairy trapped on his desk. You don't really realize it until it kind of pulls back in the book. And he pages or he yells for his... I don't know what I wouldn't say apprentice, but this kid that is sworn to him mm-hmm. talking about completing his education. And as they pull out, you see that the fairy was tied up on the desk and falls over as he walks away. And he makes himself up. He senses Tim's there. He's making himself up. So he's only got teeth in the front. Now he puts makeup over his teeth on the sides of his mouth. But the creepy thing is okay with that, with that fairy. And a pen, and it says specimen 1,200, or 1, 2, 3, 6, 5. So, I just caught that. The comma is in the weirdest place. So, this is specimen 12,365. He is like a bug collector and displays them in his house. Which you see on the next panel where he goes out into what looks like this just massive hall full of, it looks like like a museum what you assume is a pterodactyl and um or a pterodactyl jesus i said pterodactyl i pronounced the p nick pterodactyl (laughs) pterodactyl all sorts of mythical creatures lion with wings um there's an angel just wow all sorts of stuff and he's marching his way out to meet tim in the meantime tim is trying to get out of this boneyard because there's all these dead or bones of animals and creatures on the ground and he's trying to climb up this wall and you get the impression that this wall is a complete circle around the house um, and the only way out is to climb over the wall or dig under the wall but Tim is running into one little problem as he's climbing up the wall every time he gets a little bit closer to the top there's still more to go he doesn't ever actually get to the top he's wearing himself out trying to climb to this endless goal. And this creature, this guy comes out and points that out. He's like, you're doing all this work for nothing. You're never going to get to the top of this. All of a sudden, poof, he's on top of the wall and talking down to Tim and makes a comment. So the boy climbs on and on, although his arms are tiring again, diminishing the distance by half. And he looks up. And being quite clever, the boy, he realizes that he can never climb more than half the way to freedom. Some distance will always remain. So he offers his hand up to pull Tim up. And Tim goes, no, thank you, and falls to the ground. And so he's, he's more 90s than that. He goes, you wish. <laughs> you you wish. Oh. And then he falls to the ground. <laughs> Very good, yes. <laughs> wow. Um, he goes, and then ref- this does refer back to the miniseries 
where Tim's like, I do know all the rules. No, I'm not going to break into uh, <laughs> Rick Ashley's song. But uh, I know some of the rules. I'm not about to take any favors from you or gifts of any, for, you know, or anything like that. And he's like, well, just listen to me then. I really do insist. I can tell you who your dad is. And Tim's really not wanting to get involved with this guy at all. And um, the guy's like, yeah, beyond the walls, everything else is an illusion. This is what's real. And then asks him for Tim's name. And Tim's like, yeah, I'm not giving that to you. He get, says his name is Jack Bone and you to him. And he ignores the question and he realizes that he was given a fake name and he says, okay, so I propose a game. Um, and he tells Tim that I'll tell you who your father is. If you can beat me at this game. And Tim's like, well, what if I don't believe you? He's like, well, I know the, the answer. So I will tell you. And he goes, so what do you win if you beat me? And he basically becomes his slave and will take all his magic powers and everything. And then he will eat Tim. And the monster goes, yes, eventually that would be the case. But by that point, you're not going to care at all anyhow, because I have already taken everything else from you. And Tim looks at the drawing that was on the ground. Um, that this creature made and goes, yeah, sure. Why not? This sounds like a great deal, <laughs> but there's something he adds to it. Yes. There he is. adds that not only will he tell him his, he doesn't want his father's name. He says, I don't want it. If that's how it's going to be. I want your name. Mm-hmm. I want to know your name. And that's, he's like, Oh, acceptable. But I will say that I will give you your dad's name and my name. If you beat me. And then they t- go inside the house. Yes. And <laughs> Tim sees all the the dead around him. And he comes across uh, a unicorn that's stuffed and mounted, like full size, like whole body. Uh-huh. And the guy's talking and talking and he's like, good time. And Tim's like, shut up, shut up. You know? And he's like, this is a total 90s kid. Shut up. I'll do it. That, that's where he's like, I'll play your damn game, but I'm changing the rules. I want to know your name. I don't care about my dad, but I just want to beat you. And that's pretty much where it ends. Like the guy is like, all right, sweet. All right, we'll play this game. And just kind of yeah. like leaves and is like, you will know where I am because I'm playing the flute. And just kind of Tim walks away and the unicorn stays in the main panel. Like you're just seeing this dead unicorn. Well, they're in one of the pictures in the panel. There's a glimmer to the unicorn's eye. Yep. So maybe it's not as dead as they think it is, or that you're inclined to believe. I don't know about you, but I felt the art in this one was a little bit rougher. Yes. Um, it's the same artist as the previous book, uh, Amaro, but it felt sort of lazy a little bit in certain spots. On page two, Tim's dad standing there, and he really... I mean, they're half his face just, and I know the light's supposed to be reflecting off of it, but it looks like there was just no effort there whatsoever. And even some of the pictures of Tim, mm-hmm. um, and even at the unicorn in the back, you know, like you said, it's supposed to be a full size unicorn. And I know the way they're picturing this, that's what, you know, what you're wanting them to go for. 
because they get real close and you can see how big this animal is. But then there's another panel where Tim's standing next to it and this unicorn is on a platform. And Tim is just as tall as tall as it, or taller than it. And the next panel, a little closer into the unicorn, the unicorn actually looks a little bit taller than Tim. So it really felt like the artwork on here went down a little bit, unfortunately. Um, the story is still fantastic. It plays a lot into the books of magic, right? It does play a lot into that magic realm um, of creatures and things like that. And when they don't give you names of things, you, you're you trying to go off a of memory <laughs> of stuff. So it does make it a little bit more challenging. But uh, I thought they did a good job of carrying on with the story. Um, this is where I remember it start picking up for me and me getting excited about wanting to read more books of magic. Because, again, that first issue, you didn't get a whole lot out of it. Here right. is starting to build into an actual storyline for you that you can grab onto and run with. Yep. And like we were saying, like about Vertigo, there's some, some advertisements in this of books that the heart of the beast, a monstrous tale of love in New York science transformed his body. Artistry inspired his soul. Don't care. There were some issues. There were some things that Vertigo was trying to do that, you know, pushing for mature reader content. And I don't think I've ever seen this book, nor do I ever care to. I mean, I don't care about a Beauty and the Beast retail. And that's exactly what I get from this. Then there's um, Breathtaker by Mark Hempel and Mark Wheatley. I like Mark Hempel. I think he's an amazing artist and an amazing storyteller. Don't care. Um, <laughs> it's like some of these these books, like... They're just trying to be too adult for adult, you know? Um, of course, there's a Hellblazer in here, which Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon with Glenn Fabry? F mm. yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This was this was the peak of Hellblazer right there. And then you get Death, the High Cost of Living. Okay, sweet. Again, another one. Like, it's a reprint of a book that came out five years ago. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, actually, uh, Death caused the beginning of vertigo so i can right. see why they were constantly pushing that book yeah um but witchcraft at the end uh three issue miniseries featuring the sandman's three witches don't care uh, no <laughs> no it's even by james robinson yeah okay sign me up oh it's about the three witches from sandman they had like three panels nope don't care like you were just trying to push Sandman on everything, and well, that I'm was glad, a book that was selling. Well, I'm glad that books of like books of magic really didn't go into that. They right. showed Morpheus and Death and Destiny maybe in one book. I don't remember if they ever show up again. I don't think they do. They Death does, but I can't remember if it's in this series. Oh, it's been a long time. Yeah. Oh. But my, oh, dude, my favorite, the back page, the back page, right? So when I was a little kid and on, on the Fox affiliate, they would play these crappy TV shows. Do you remember these? Like on like Saturday afternoons, um, Kung Fu, The Legend Continues. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Time Tracks and yep. Babylon 5. Like I know there's a huge Babylon 5 fan base out there, but Kung Fu and Time Tracks. I would watch religiously. 
Like I just found time tracks on the Roku channel. Really? It is as bad as I remember. Like the special effects are super cheesy and the story is cheesy, but this is a contest and I can, I can name one thing on this. Like the questions were for Babylon five, five, the commander's name. No idea. Kung Fu. Kane's son's name. Abel? Don't remember. <laughs> and time tracks, Darian's holographic computer name. I'm drawing a blank. But I, I remembered it yesterday when I was reading this book again. I remembered it yesterday. I was like, oh, yeah. Um, no. <laughs> These were some of the worst shows on TV, but I have a love for them. See, Maybe I'd not that one, five. I would take those now opposed to infomercials. I don't have cable, so now I either have college football teams on that I don't care anything about or infomercials or golf. Yeah. I mean, I would like this again, please. <laughs> but the crazy thing is um, in Time Tracks, do you remember Mia Sarah from Ferris Bueller? Yeah. She's in that. Really? And I was like, oh, my God, it's Mia Sarah. Like, yeah. What she went from Ferris Bueller to uh, all the way down to time tracks, but it's okay, it's still Mia Sarah, so yeah, all right. So, all next right. week, issue three, yeah, we're getting it, we're getting into the meat finally. Yeah, it gets really good. Can't wait. Actually, it's not next week unless I'm doing it myself, but I don't want to do it myself. <laughs> So in two weeks. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, I just read this Books of Magic series about two years ago. I'm really enjoying going back and reading it again. I mean, it's just easy to pick up and go and look for that additional stuff. Well worth the read. And it's cheap. Yeah. You can get the, the graphic novels at like any store for usually less than cover price mm-hmm. most of the time because they're just like trying to give it away. Yeah. And that's sad. It truly. I, is. Want, I want X of swords. I want X of swords. Here, read something good. <laughs> yeah. This is fantastic. So, all, all right, right. So yeah, um, we'll talk to you guys for this podcast in two weeks. And I'll talk to you later. See you, Ryan. See you. See you guys.